JMV here with Brian Kahn from Floors to Your Home. Fans, if you're shopping for flooring of any kind, you need to check these guys out. You're going to have the most incredible, totally hassle-free shopping experience ever. JMV, we really appreciate you saying that. That's our goal every day, to offer our customers a quick, easy, and hassle-free experience at all of our Floors to Your Home locations. Fans, it works like this. You see the product you like. It's going to be cheaper than anywhere else. That's for sure. Then you can immediately take it home with you or have it installed. That's right. No hassle, no special order. Just see it, buy it, and take it home, or have it installed. Like three rooms of hardwood, laminate, or waterproof flooring starting at just 349 and they have everything in stock. I'm doing my whole house, and believe me, this is the best shopping experience you'll ever have. Three convenient locations, Avon, Noblesville, and Brookville Road. Who gives the quickest, easiest, and most hassle-free buying experience? Floors to your home. That's who. That's something I'll get to in a minute. We'll get to our betting analyst, Brent Halverson, Tommy S. at the Coach's Tavern coming up in just a second. But we do have news from West Lafayette, from Golden Black Illustrated. Tom Deanhart is with us via the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. So a lot of news floating around at West Lafayette today, huh, Tommy D? Man, do you have any eligibility left, John? What's Is that? Nobody, no, nobody, do you have any eligibility left? Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Do you guys need me to come up there and show out in the Citrus Bowl? We need somebody to rush the pass here, maybe catch a few passes, cover some kicks. Yeah, pack your bags and come to West Lafayette, and then we'll take you to Orlando. I'm assuming that that was going to be understood. Was that all anticipated, this mass exodus of a thrower, catchers, rushing the passer guys. I mean, essential Purdue players not being a part of the Citrus Bowl. Yeah, it's kind of started catching wind of this uh, four or five days ago that O'Connell may not play. Charlie Jones, for sure, he was the first one we heard about. And then Payne Durham to a lesser degree. So uh, now it became reality. Um, O'Connell and Durham went public today. Uh, Jones hasn't, but Brian Brom confirmed that to the media today when he talked after practice. So, yeah, I mean, huge holes, John. And last week I reported that their number one cornerback, Corey Trice, had signed with an agent and wasn't going to play. And Corey took to social media today and sent out a goodbye tweet. And, John, there may be more bad news coming. Word is there's another prominent Purdue defensive player that's probably not going to play against LSU on January 2nd. Not surprising, though, right? So now, how's this going to look? So, because of this exodus, who's going to get this opportunity to play for Brian Brom in the Citrus Bowl? That's what it is opportunity, right? And he talked about that today. Austin Burton's going to start a quarterback. Of course, Austin started one game this year, led Purdue to a win against Florida Atlantic. Of course, remember, he came from UCLA been on campus here for three years so he's going to be the guy who starts you know tight end they've got Paul Paferi's going to be the number one guy there now without Payne Durham and then no Charlie Jones you know John there's a lot of decent receivers at Purdue you know Sheffield and Burks and Tracy but you know what there's nobody like Charlie Jones so the guys they've got they've got some good numbers and bodies but there's nobody of that playmaking ilk I guess what I should be asking you so how's the uh the exit is looking for Brian Kelly and LSU to this point. Have you heard anything there? Not, not, not really yet. I, I need to look into that. There was talk about his quarterback, Jaden Daniels, not playing. So 
So I need to see what their exodus is going to be. I'm sure they're going to lose guys early. It's LSU. That's This is common practice there. So just always a battle of attrition at this time of year, and it's too bad when this is supposed to be the apex of your season. You have the rosters falling apart. And heck, for Purdue's sake, too, John, the coaching staff roster's falling apart. Yeah, well, I mean, you add one, though. Future Hall of Famer Drew Brees is in the mix as uh, an assistant coach going in. Is this more a PR play, or is this legit here? I was told they didn't want it to come off like that. That's why he's really hired as an accountable assistant coach, is how it was phrased. Accountable assistant coach, John. He can legitimately coach during practices, during the bowl game, and get this, he also can recruit. So uh, it's not just a ceremonial thing, although that's certainly part of it. But I think they wanted to put some teeth to this, uh, I don't want to call it a PR stunt, but they want to put some teeth to, to bringing him aboard on a temporary basis. So, hey, why not, right? What do you think it is? Is it more just an oh, wow effect for Boilermaker fans and for national headlines? I do. It's sort of like bringing out Santa Claus to make everybody happy. Um, bring out Drew Brees when times are tough. Um, sure, I mean, it's going to be cool to have the Bru- Drew Brees pick up the phone and talk to an 18-year-old high school kid and say, hey, I'm Drew Brees. Why yeah. to come to Purdue? But, oh, by the way, I'm going to be gone in, in a week. But still, I mean, why not? Well, you got nothing to lose your Purdue, right? Um, and he wants to do it. He loves Purdue. A great ambassador, so uh, why not? Plus, some of these kids on the current roster, the quarterbacks especially, are going to get a chance to have Drew Brees sort of whispering in their ear, and I'm sure he's going to send a message to try to keep this roster together, too, to, for, for some of the young guys to hopefully stick around, especially, John, that, that good young quarterback Purdue has from Gibson Southern we talked about, Brady Allen. Oh, yeah. Oh, I, 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 I can't wait. So who is going to be? Who's going to be the quarterback in the Citrus Bowl? Yeah, again, it's going to be Austin Burton, and he's yeah. going to be the guy. Again, like I said, he's a six-year senior, starting okay. one game this year. And But you know what? Brian Brown said today that his backup is going to be Michael Alamo, a redshirt sophomore. And Brian Brown said that Michael Alamo, they were going to try to get him some action too. Not so sure about Brady Allen. He may not be ready for this yet. but So maybe there's a chance Purdue plays two quarterbacks, you know, being Austin Burton and then maybe some dribs and drabs of Michael Alamo. Ryan Walters was introduced yesterday to the media as the new head coach of the Boilermakers. You and I thought that this was going to be a substantial offensive lean. It was not. I think the initial outcry from Boilermaker fans was one of questionable. But after that press conference yesterday and what everybody has read and heard and viewed regarding Ryan Walters, Tommy D, how's everybody think? Yeah, you know, you get some time to sleep on. I think fans have settled down. And I think, like you said, he was pretty convincing in that opening presser on Wednesday. He's a young guy, John, 36 years old. Right. Uh, still looks like he could play football. Very engaging. Checks a lot of the boxes. And uh, at least of the things I had heard about him leading into this thing. And I've had a chance to talk to several people who've worked for him or, or he's worked for in recent years. And, again, if you watch an Illinois football game this year, I'm sure the TV announcers were gushing about Ryan Walters saying how one day this guy was going to be a head coach. Well, it's happened. But, again, I was like you. I think a lot of people thought we would want to turn this over to a proven head coach. But Mike Bobinski did a 180 here. Not only was not a proven head coach, 
but it's a guy from the defensive side of the ball. So now, John, the big question looms. Who's going to be the offensive coordinator, and what's his offense exactly going to look like? What do you think? Are they going to go big, notable? Um, Because to me, it would seem you've got to go to somebody, don't you, that can – you know, be really specific as far as is offensively speaking, because I guess everybody expects with Purdue, they expect, you know, a, a great offensive philosophy, getting that ball down the field. Any idea the direction in which Tommy D they're going to go? I do think it's going to be a spread offense that does be, that is a little bit more quarterback centric, which plays obviously to produce heritage as, as a cradle of quarterback. So I do expect, Again, an offense that is, again, more spread them out and slinging around. I do think you've got to bring in a proven OC. I don't think you can pair a guy who's never called plays with a head coach who's never been a head coach before. That's just me. Uh, a couple names to keep on your keeping your hopper, John, as possible OCs. Graham Harrell, the OC at West Virginia. And keep an eye on Seth Luttrell. Maybe a familiar name to Indiana fans. He was an assistant under Kevin Wilson back in the day. Was the most recently the head coach in North Texas. Two guys who have offenses that like to throw it around. And uh, Seth Luttrell in particular has a connection to Ryan Walters. So just a couple early names of guys who may be under consideration. But who knows? Tommy D, Golden Black Illustrators on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. Final thing before I let you go here. Who else was on that list? And I will say this, it seemed like that it was a small inner circle of decision makers up there with Mike Babinski and company because that didn't leak until the last possible second right there. So that was a job well done. Yeah, Babinski, uh, the chair of the board of trustees, a guy named Mike Berghoff, I think he was heavily involved. And then they had the search firm. I think it was a small, tight, committed group of people. And that's what you need to keep secrets secret, right? Right. Who else they talked to? I feel confident saying they talked to Tyson Helton, the head coach at Western Kentucky. I feel confident saying they talked to the Kansas State head coach, Chris Kleiman. And I, I do think they talked also to Jamarcus Shepard, the former Purdue assistant coach, who's now at Washington as an assistant coach for, for Kalen DeBoer. I feel kind of strong, John, they talked to Mike Elko at Duke and, and, and Dave Clawson at Wake Forest and and, and, and Todd Monken in Georgia. So, again, uh, I'm not sure how, how wide the circle was when they were looking for this head coach, but like you said, they certainly were a committed group that kept it awfully secretive right up to the last minute. No doubt about that. Hey, Tommy D., I appreciate you hopping on here with the latest from West Lafayette. Certainly a lot of news. I talked to to Matt Painter yesterday for a significant period of time. So that was a, a hell of a conversation. And the basketball boilers, number one in the nation, get Davidson down here right across the street from where I am on Saturday. Yeah, Naptown, uh, doubleheader. The lawyer boys get to play against each other, right? And uh, that'll be fun. It's always, always fun. Downtown Indianapolis at the holiday season is a great place. So hopefully it's an event a lot of people can enjoy. You got it, buddy. I appreciate you hopping on here, Tommy T. Well, you know that, John. Be good, buddy. Bye-bye. Tom Dinard at Golden Black Illustrated on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Pile Lounge. 
Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. But on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline from CBS4 and Fox 59, Mike Chappell joins us. So get kind of bits and pieces today of uh, what Jim Mercer had to say at the owners' meetings regarding his coaching search. And a couple of different times, he mentioned collegiate coaching ranks. It's Jim Irsay, so I kind of know what we're getting into here. Should we at all read in to that being talked about twice, or again, was that just Jim Irsay being Jim Irsay? Is Jim Harbaugh still coaching in the college ranks? He is. <laughs> yeah, I, he, and again, I, I thought that he, he came off so strong in the introductory press conference that with just Saturday that, you know, this is for eight games and hopefully more and all that. I, I thought he came on a way too strong for Jeff Saturday. I thought they were putting Jeff Saturday in a very, very bad situation. You got to look at your options and, you know, and, and Jeff coming out this week saying he wants to, you know, this is what he wants to do, which is number one. I think a lot of us thought, is this something he really wants to do? You know, it sounds pretty cool until you dive into the deep end of the pool and there's sharks in there, you know, because he had never done it at this level at all. And but so he checked the first box in that, hey, I would like to do this. I want to be considered. So when they when they come and have, I don't know, five, six, seven, eight interviews, he needs to be one of them. He just does. But at the same time, there's going to be. Other guys, I mean, you know, the, the Jim Harbaugh's, and I don't know if Lincoln Riley would, is ready yet. Maybe he wants to stay another year. But you're going to have a, a group of very, very qualified. And, and, again, none of this is meant to throw shade on Jeff Saturday. It's just that when you're talking about this level and one of 32 positions, you're going to have quality people with deep resumes to consider, which you should, which you should. So, yeah, I, I'm really interested to see when they start leaking out in January about their short list. You've always got short lists. You do because you never know. And I wish I had been at the owners' meetings, and, and I don't know that it was a it was breached or it would have been written about, but before you can decide on a coach, you've got to decide on a GM. Is, is Chris Ballard going to come back? I mean, by all indications, Yes. But we know how things swerve from time to time. So, you know, before you decide on let's bring in eight guys to talk about the head coaching job, will this be Jim Irsay and Chris Ballard or will this be Jim Irsay and who? So that's the first domino that needs to fall. So Mike Chappell of CBS 4 and Fox 59. He's on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. So as you mentioned in that introductory press conference, you know, Jim Mersey was speaking from a stance of strength regarding his belief Correct. in Jeff Saturday. Do you think he still feels that way about Jeff Saturday right now? What do you think he is compared to that first press conference? Boy, it's hard because they they – they, they put – when you step back and look at it, they put Jeff in a position to fail. They just did. They did. They, they, they were a mess at quarterback. They were a mess on offense. And to think that 
you know, George Hallis in his prime, Don Schumann in his prime, couldn't have fixed that. It's crazy. So it was just unfair. It was unfair to put Sam Ellinger out there. It's been unfair to put Parks Frazier in this position because it, it, you're asking guys to step in in an untenable situation. So I, I don't know what Jeff could have done or will do over the last month to give you a strong indication. I mean, they've got four games, three against teams that are either right there in the playoffs or, 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 or pushing for it, and you've got Houston. They can play well and win one game. Uh, that, or they can play well and go two and two. I don't know. I mean, I, the Giants aren't great shakes, but they're playoff right there, and the Chargers are going to score points because that's what they do. So I, I don't know, barring just a complete collapse. I mean, not, not you know, I'm talking another Dallas fourth quarter or New England. I just don't know what you can glean from Jeff. He is who he is. He brings energy. He brings direction. Uh, and all of that, I think he's got good leadership skills. But it's just such a, a hard situation because keep in mind, he's now without three offensive offensive cogs with Frank Reich, Marcus Brady, and Clayton Adams. So it, it's just hard to do. I hope they finish strong from a competitive standpoint. That would show me something. But until you get – but again, the stepping stones, which – Coach will come in here too, but until you get the GM solidified, is it Chris? Is it somebody else? I don't know. I hope it's Chris just because I think he's done some really good things except for quarterback and left tackle, and we could argue on edge pass rusher. But And then what, what do you do at quarterback? I've heard people say this is not an attractive place because you've got an owner that's all of a sudden making decisions. You've got you know your quarter. You've got no answer moving forward at quarterback. None, none. And left tackle. You hope Bernard Ryman is a guy, but at quarterback, how do you sell somebody on coming here? Well, as well, you do because there's only 32 of these, and I just don't think somebody's going to say no. I think I'll pass on this until New England comes open or, or whatever. So I think you're going to get quality candidates, but they have got to have some long range plan. At, at general manager and, you know, then the next domino is coach and, and then and then quarterback. And I, I just – it's just going to be – what, right down there, seventh in the draft order, I think it is. So, you know, I keep thinking they're going to get maybe the third best quarterback and that's going to require moving up. And it may be uh, – do you throw the rookie in next year? Do you – so – it could be another year or two before this team really knows where it's going. All right, Mike, it, you look at the handling of this, too, and it, it's really a double-edged sword. Reason being is, from a standpoint, if you're Jim Irsay and you do believe in Jeff Saturday, or if you're a fan and you want to see Jeff Saturday remain the head coach, if you truly do believe in him, um, you want to see some results, positive results. And if right. you get positive results, that helps bury – that chance to get one of those top three quarterbacks in the spring yeah. draft. So, again, yep. the, 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 this was so botched by Jim Irsay in general, putting Saturday out there. I mean, if you really wanted that debate and you really you wanted him to start with a, a clean slate as well, all right, 
take that shot after the season. Say, I believe in this guy. We're going to do this. Yeah. And we'll debate about it all year long. But at least you don't have now the muddy water of this guy's been the coach of this team and they've won one game since when, in all likelihood, that was going to be the case regardless of the head coach. Yeah, I, I, I heard we, when I've talked with other people about that, about would have made more sense to just wait, you know, put put uh, one of the guys, uh, uh, John Fox or somebody, as interim coach and, and try to muddle through and finish again one and six or one and seven, whatever it's going to be, with the interim basis, and bring in Jeff. As hard of a sell nationally as it was, and it was, it turned out to be like a joke to bring Jeff in as interim coach with with no experience. How would you possibly have sold that? That moving forward for the next four or five years, you're going with a guy with zero experience. I, that would have been tough. Yes, he would have had no one and seven or whatever it was going to be as an interim coach. But I, that would have been such a hard sell. I mean, and to some level, you've got to have credibility. I guess I don't know. I don't know what the better word is. So if they had gone to Jeff. After after going through the Rooney Rule next you know, in January or whenever, and talking with two or three minorities and, and two or three other coaches, and you go with Jeff, and then what you do, I assume, you use the same quotes you used at the introductory press conference, where I don't want him to have the fear. I I, I don't want it. You know, no experience is a good thing. But no, it's not. You know, no, it's not. So I think that would have been – I understand the rationale, but that would have been such a hard sell to, to go so far outside the box for a head coach. Now, again, it, it, will Jeff be a, a candidate? He has to be. After all they've done, and all they said, he has to be. And he will present himself great. He will. But, again, you're going to have other guys that have done it before with good resumes, either college, Harbaugh, you know, might as well go around the ring of honor and start ringing guys to be head coach because that's kind of what they're doing. But I, I, I just I just think there are going to be a couple of candidates, several candidates, who who are just too good to turn down. You know, and then would Jeff come back as line coach? I, I don't know. I'd like to see it. I really would. Uh, but it, again, they've created. They, they've created. They, they've created all of this, and I. I don't know that there's an easy way to get out of it unless you simply go through the process and get in a guy and say, "This is our guy, and this is why." Not because it, you know, it doesn't look right on the outside, but because this is what he's done here, and this is what he's done there, and we believe he can do that again here. I ju- that would be such a hard sell. With Jeff, and again, I, I, I count Jeff as a friend, and I follow his career here. But the lack of experience and and being in such a bad situation over the last two months of the season, I just don't know how you can step back and say, "I saw all I needed to see. I'm, I, I believe this is right." I don't know how you sell that to your fan base if, if that's important to you. Well, I mean, there's a lot that's going to be difficult to sell to the fan base, and chief among them would be bringing Chris Ballard back. 
I, I, don't I, 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 get, I get what you're saying about that, but he has got no believers right now. And if you are a believer, I mean, you're on the fringe. You say, well, this is what he's done okay, but unfortunately he's done okay with those non-essential positions. The essential to win NFL games at a high level, he's botched. I thought he botched that as much as the owner botched bringing Jeff Saturday on when he did. I, I don't know how you sell bringing him back to anybody at this point. And it would be hard sell, so, uh, uh, you know. And I, I go back. Kevin Bowen asked him the question Thursday about Chris Powder, and he said that's not even on my consciousness now. And I think he even went further to say, "Yeah, he'll be back." But again, things change. Things change. And like I said, I think we've talked before. I mean, if I put down the good and the bad, I could put twenty-five things in the good column. I really could, and, and be strong on it. And the negative column would be. You know, quarterback, left tackle, uh, you know, edge pass rusher. If we that's still open to debate, and, and you know, Josh McDaniel, but you know, back when that decision was made. So yeah, it, you're right, and that's one to where I, I I just sit there and nod when you tell me all the reasons not to bring him back because I, I, it's hard it's hard when you do it that way because like you said, we're talking. You know, Rick Venturi and I were on, and you and I we were on that boat from the start on Quentin Nelson. Great, great player. He's a guard. He's a guard, and now you're paying him twenty million dollars a year because he, 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 he's he's more than played to the level you wanted. Yet you don't know what you're doing at left tackle. So it, it's it's everything you say is is right. I'm a guy that I hate change unless it's just doggone it. We can't keep doing this. I'm not quite there yet. Uh, we'll see if the owner is, and it, it, it's going to really test his. Faith, because I I honestly believe, per se, trust and have faith in Chris Ballard. I really do. And having said that, he 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 went over, he went behind not behind his back. He unilaterally made made these three major changes over the last year with Wentz and in Bench and Ryan and in Fire and Frank that Chris Ballard at least on two of them wasn't in lockstep with. So, it, it, like I say, they've created this, and and the problem is, again, like I say, people don't want to hear it, but this is not an easy fix. It's not an easy fix. And keep in mind, you've got a next next off season is when you extend Michael Pittman and Jonathan Taylor. So, what do you do there? You're going to make Michael Pittman a twenty five million dollar a year receiver. So I don't know. It, it's it's such a big off season, and unless but unless they get the quarterback right, it doesn't matter. You look at Tennessee, and they have been uh, so bad in December. This they're, they're ripe to be overtaken, and that's something that this this Colts team and Jim Mercer has wanted to do for such a long time. I think it makes the situation even more embarrassing. So with that, who do you think is is more to blame? Who's really set this this team back more, the owner or the general manager to this point? Probably, probably the GM. I mean, again, just because. And again, we've talked again. They, they've all had their hands in this quarterback mess. The owner, the the, the GM, and, and Frank, and, you know, and Frank and Frank really took it on the chin with the Carson Wentz. He had to do a big sell there, and that set him back. So, but 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 the other ones, you know, left tackle. They they've they've made a couple of moves or not made a couple of moves, and it's it's bit him in the butt with not going after Darius Shaw and in, and bringing in Eric Fisher and. And then going into this year with with Matt Pryor as your starter, that that's 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 GM slash scouting. 
Uh, edge pass rush. I, I think Quiddy Page is going to be a really good player. I really, he's not going to be Freeney, but he's going to be really good. And but but like you said, it's 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 there are holes in the roster that are GM slash personnel. It, it, it just is. So you know, if, if you're divvying up blame, I would say more to the GM. It's kind of like with the Bill Parcells about is it better to be the you know if you if you're going to make me be the the the, the chef. Let me help, you know, as a coach, give me the chance to get the players. So I think in some instances it has been personnel. And some of the coaches, I mean, the offensive line has regressed. I don't care how they, how much, you know, lipstick they put on the pig, it's still a pig right now. And this is with three top-tier players that I think Braden Smith is starting to play pretty well. I think Quentin's getting his act together. I think Ryan Kelly's still up and down, but – Right guard and left tackle, you don't know. You just don't know. And at this point in the season, and what's crazy is injuries have not been the issue on the offensive line. It has been, it's been performance. So, yeah, that's that that's the hard part. Is it, it's, it's more personnel. And that's why, you know, I, I can argue all the good things Chris has done, but I just it, it's just when you get to the – to the two or three key spots, it, it's tough. It's really tough. So I, I don't know. I, I'm really curious what's going on in Jim Mercer's mind with that. And, you know, Chris isn't going anywhere. Chris isn't going to resign. He's got he's, he's way too much, you know, believes in himself, and, and he should, to resign. But at the same time, here you are, the GM, and, and the owner has, has, gone, has not gone with what you wanted to do in some key spots. So it's 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 difficult. They're in a difficult spot. And again, I, I go back to the same thing. This is a, a thing of their own making, and it's going to take a couple of years to get out of it. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at kisqali.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. You think fans out there would rather see Jeff Saturday return as the head coach? Next year, or Chris Ballard return as the general manager? <laughs> That's a good one. That's a good one. Fans, probably Jeff Saturday, which which is crazy, which is crazy. Again, I like Jeff. I really do. But <laughs> I like a little more experience with my head coach. And so, yeah, that, that's a good question. You ought to put that on, on, on Twitter and see what kind of response you get. You know, but again, I – as much as you, you listen to fans and you're entertained by fans, I don't think fans should drive decisions on a franchise. I, I really don't. So it, it's the owner needs to really set some kind of a tone away from what he's done. And, and let if you trust your GM this much, if you do, then you gotta let him make the hard decisions and. And maybe after the after that embarrassment at New England, there was no other thing to do. You know, I, I see that. I, I really do. But I don't care who they brought in; it wasn't going to work. It just it wasn't because you weren't you weren't fixing anything. So it, it's that's a really good question, and I don't know the answer to it. But we we'll need to know early in the process. I mean, January, as soon as the Houston game's over, we need to know not the head coach. But we need to know if Chris Ballard will be part of the decision making process and 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 that will give you some idea. And if he's back, if, if Chris is back, 
he needs to be able somehow to regain control of the really nut cutting decisions. And I, I don't know if the owner will will do that. So it's just that, that's what we've talked before about how you need the head coach and the GM need to be in lockstep. You know, Chuck and Ryan Grigson really weren't, especially at the end. Well, Tony Dungy and Bill Pullian were. They, they were two of the most different personalities you've ever seen, and it worked. It worked. Well, if your coach and GM don't mesh, what have you got? And that's why, again, the GM has to very much be in 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 favor and in a strong part of the process in who you bring in as coach. You, you can't yeah. thrust a yeah. you can't thrust a new head coach on a GM. And, and if Chris is back, he's not back for one year. He's back for maybe for the rest of the contract because you know next year's going to be rough. It just is. So, it, it, like I say, it's it's going to be interesting, an interesting couple of months leading up to the draft, and then the draft's going to be really interesting. So Mike Chappell's on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline, staying with a fan theme right here. Is Jim Harbaugh, and I'm not suggesting there's, he's going to have any interest whatsoever. There was right. a flirtation with Minnesota a year ago. We do know that. But is he the, the cure-all in the, the fan court of public opinion right now as far as – you know, a possible hire would be, could be higher a head coach. Probably in a way it's like, well, anybody else, you know, it's kind of like the backup quarterback when the quarterback's not playing well, you want the backup quarterback just because you want somebody else, but he's in, and there probably won't be a better time for Harbaugh to leave. There comes a time for these college coaches where you either leave or you don't. Remember that. Remember all the flirtations with a lot of people, including the Colts, with Ferentz at Iowa. Yeah, and, and I mean the Colts went after him a couple of times, and other teams did as well. And now that's where he, that's who he is. He's Iowa. Well, some I don't know that Jim, that Jim Harbaugh will have any better opportunity, leverage, whatever you want to use than whatever happens with Michigan in, in the playoffs. So I would think unless he comes out and says no. I, I'm not staying. I, and I don't want to hear one of these. Well, right now, I, I'm, I'm not thinking about that. No, you're, you're either you're either thinking about it or you're not. So if he does not want to to come to the culture anywhere else, just come out and say it. Don't leave that joke, the door you know the door open just a little bit. And that's what a coach can do. No, I'm not. I'm not going anywhere. I'm staying here. And, and don't couch it. But I think that I think he would probably do a pretty good job. Because he did a darn good job in in Frisco until he was it he and the GM kind of got cross eyed and all this and you know I think he might be difficult for the media to work with but I don't care as long as he gets as long as whoever the coach is gets the uh, team whipped back into shape that's all that matters I don't care if I get I don't care if you get Belichick to deal with or whatever if the team wins and the team's a contender that's all that matters. So Mike Chappell of CBS 4 and Fox 59. You know, it's funny you mentioned, you know, Kirk Ferentz being known as, you know, Iowa. I, it kind of makes you wonder. He's never said it, but it kind of makes you wonder if, if Jim Harbaugh would not, from here on out, want to be known as, you know, Mr. Michigan, like True. Bo Schembechler was. So the, I, mean, I guess – you, you, yeah, go ahead. The, the problem, though, is in college is let's say they win the national title. I mean, then, then there's no place to go but down. And, and boy, you go on you 
lose to Ohio State a couple of years and then see to see how long your national championship aura stays with you. So, you know, college football is so volatile. And if you slip for a couple of years, and Ohio State's not going away, they're going to be pretty good through the years. So, but no, I, 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 you're right. Is that, do you want to be Bo Schembechler? I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with being the guy that was there for whatever it was, 20, 25 years. I did all the, the Woody Hayes and all that. But if he has any itch to get back in the NFL, I just don't know that he'll have a better chance than coming off this season, unless Michigan goes out and just gets pummeled, which they look to be too good for that. So it's always about timing. Is this the right time for this guy to move? And again, if you don't move now, maybe maybe you're not. Maybe the train passes you by and it doesn't stop again for you. So I don't know that Harbaugh will have a better opportunity now. Whether he wants that or not, I don't know. I'm Mike Minnesota. Coming up on Saturday afternoon at 1 o'clock. Minnesota offensively, obviously, with Jefferson, huge. We're going to see a, a lot of Stephon Gilmore. I think uh, Cam and I were talking about this before the start of the show. It seemed like that, that Gilmore you know, was blanketing A.J. Brown when they played the Eagles. Are we going to see individually, defensively, Gilmore, you think, trying to, to shadow as much as possible Jefferson Saturday? I sure hope so. And again, they, they normally, even with Devontae Adams, they didn't do it the entire game. It was situationally, I guess. But don't you just know that if if he's on him 60% of the time, then that other 40%, Jefferson's just going to go off. You know, and if he's on him 60%, you know, Jefferson may win half of those because he's that good. And, and that's how that position is. So you got to go strength on strength. And then, oh, by the way, they got Dalvin Cook. They got the tight end. So they've got an awful lot offensively. And, you know, without Kenny Moore, it hurts. Uh, I, I just – I just one thing that's crazy is the Vikings have given up 400 yards in five straight games. That's crazy. They're last in the league in defense. Last. And do you have any optimism that the Colts can do what they need to do to, to you know – to attack what's there to be attacked, and I, I don't. So I, it, it's too bad because when you have teams that have issues, because they're going to score points, the Vikings are, because because that's who they are. But I just don't see how this team can't push the ball down the field, which makes it tough on Jonathan Taylor. It's the same story every week, is, is how can they score enough to make it competitive and recently, they've not been able to do that. Recently, all season. Um, we'll save this for later, but I'll just maybe appetize people for it. You know, normally in these these types of transition seasons, where I'm assuming this is what we're going to call it after the right. end of the regular season here. Um, they're going to go over the books and look at high-dollar veteran guys that maybe we think are rock solid right now for the foreseeable future. That suddenly, because of that. They aren't. Anybody pop into your head as far as guys that could be a casualty as we move forward here into the offseason? Well, a good question. And, and again, if they change GMs, then it, all, all bets are off. Because then you, you bring in maybe a new style. And all that. That's a good question. Uh, Ryan Kelly, maybe. 
But again, I go back to, if you remember John, John Osier, he's a great Colts.com guy. And he always had the great thing about when it comes to cut day in, in August, when you're cutting your 60 or 65 or whatever it was to 53, it's easy to cut to 53. It's, it's tough to stop sometimes. You know, it's easy to cut guys. It's tougher to replace them. So if you're going to cut a center or your nickel cornerback or somebody, you better have somebody in line to replace them because you've already got problems, quarterback, left tackle, right guard. Now you're going to create one at center. Or you're creating one at nickel. You're creating one at wherever. So, and I don't, I don't think the cap's going to be a big issue for them, depending on what they do with Matt Ryan. Do you, do you, do you bring Matt Ryan back? You know, I mean, it's eighteen million dollars if he's sitting at home, and it's thirty-five if he's sitting in Indianapolis. So, and if you don't bring Matt Ryan in, you need a you need a veteran quarterback to help the rookie. So everything is sort of intertwined. But I don't think there's a lot of dead weight to get off the roster. I don't think. Uh, and again, you can you can do whatever you want with the cap. And if you bring in a rookie quarterback, he's going to cost you nothing, relatively nothing. But you've got to find a left tackle. He's going to cost you something. And as I said too, normally you're going to you're going to be redoing your number one receiver and the running back who is your best player. So all of that goes together, and you know how do you prioritize running back or receiver? Well, generally, you, you keep your receiver. Although Tennessee didn't, and it probably helped get their GM fired in, in Baltimore, get got rid of their guy. So it's it, it's it's easy to say, well, Michael Pittman, we can get another one of those, but you haven't. You know, over the years you haven't. So a uh, lot, a lot of very interesting decisions. Like I said, it's easy to cut people. It's a lot harder to replace them. With- Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. People Mike Chappell of... Yeah, no doubt. Mike Chappell of CBS 4 and Fox 59. I think that's going to be a reality, though. I do, and trying to figure out whether or not you believe that Bernard Ryman... Is the future a left tackle? No question. Uh, that's also going to be a, a real something you to think, watch. Have you seen? Have you seen enough to believe that? I haven't. He's no, getting better. Not at all. But but all. you know when the mistakes he makes are just really bad ones, as, as is the case at left tackle. That's what I say. They've got they've got three or four serious, four or five serious issues on and off the field that they've got to decide before you know before you even kind of know what it takes shaping for next season. Mike, I appreciate you. Enjoy the game on Saturday. Will do. Talk to you next week. Mike Chappell of CBS 4 and Fox 59 on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline.